Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site and your co-host for this episode. And we are on the vaunted episode 99. That's right. Next week, we're going for our overly ambitious and underproduced 100th episode. That's right. The nine-person Moneyball podcast is happening Jesus Christ, help us, because this is going to be the Hot Mess Express, and we are so glad to be bringing it to you in all its ugly, ugly glory. But I'm very stoked for this episode because we have an interview, which is a rare thing on the Socially Distance podcast because we just review every Disney Plus series ever. Uh, and it's a band I've wanted to get on this podcast from the jump, and I'm really excited they're here. But before I get to them, let me introduce my reluctant co-host. He is the reluctant managing editor of thepopbreak.com and one of my reluctant best friends, Al Manorino. How's it going, buddy? I hear you have a really funny story for us. I do. And it's not my three-year-old uh, running pantsless during a, a work call and, uh, on a Zoom. That would be a, a great story in and of itself but it's no. like our producer lucas b jones on any given saturday especially right. now that baseball's back i'm sure exactly no pants, no pants um the other day i was taking photos of my of my child uh outside playing in the yard and i uh brought an extra camera lens and i switched out the camera lens and then i'm like all right let me go back i was like probably working in the middle of the day go back inside and i edit the photos and i think nothing of it uh, today, about two days later, uh, I see said camera lens outside still. I don't know if you guys live in the area, but it rained like a motherfucker yesterday. And so I lived in certain areas. Holy yeah, so, you dumb, dumb little boy. So <laughs> I saw my camera lens chilling, chilling there. And, uh, you know, as a professional photographer, the, the one thing they tell you is make sure you leave your camera lenses in the elements so that they can just gain more power. No, it was, it was not great. By the Jersey Shore where there's a higher salt content outside. Yeah. So yeah. Totally add, add to it. Actually, add to my misery. So I uh, spent uh, money I didn't have and bought a replacement. Um, and I threw the old one into a, a, an entire box of rice. And I'm going to hope I can salvage it. But I uh, just thought that would be fun. As someone who always talks about taking photos on this podcast, uh, don't do what I did. Remember to bring your gear back inside. That's a PSA. That's a PSA I had to do. So I don't know how to transition out of You that. can't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Can't. I'm going to try like the Dickens because the band I have on, they actually were members of the popbreak.com. And one of these people took photos of uh, Snoop Dogg when he was Snoop Lion and the oh, Black Thieves. At a very short-lived New York <laughs> music festival called Catalpa, which oh, yeah. for those who know, you know, um, they're a band who got their start on the on a pop break show. I'm very, very proud to uh, have Modern Chemistry, Brendan Harakin, and Joe Zorzi on the podcast. Guys. Welcome to the train wreck that is the Socially Distanced Podcast. Oh, thank you. We're going to clap. Y'all, you know what you guys need on this podcast? You need like... Uh, music? A guy with no, a dang I'm not really interested in the music at end of it. I, I feel like we need some like... Um, yeah. Like I need, yeah, we would use like Soundboard. a nice audio. Oh, crowds. Like, a, like cheering. Like yeah, people who actually like, listen. Because I would have like, yeah. 
I, but I we also, can add that in post. Like yeah, we you could have just had a roaring crowd. And then maybe like, bow, 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 oh, I could do that. I could do, bow, bow, bow. yeah, I could do that. I mean, yeah, I covered yeah. Jersey Shore clubs for 10 years. And so did and you. You do. for F100, you know? Oh, we do keep it 100. We are the 100 emojis. So guys, uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, oh, of course, um, you guys started out in New Brunswick, your first show, Wonder Bar for a pop break uh, showcase show along with uh, the Clydes and from ghosts. Uh, it was July 12th, 2012. So you're entering a 10 year anniversary. Wow. <laughs> you oh man. That's crazy. That's crazy. When did the band actually form? Was it that show or did you guys? It was uh, pretty much, together? Yeah. I mean, like we, we'd started playing a few months before and I remember booking that show kind of with like Bill was like, this could be your, starting point and it was kind of what what allowed me to go like hey guys we need to practice for something it was the first show ever right first show ever yeah, yeah. We, it like forced us to make songs or at least it forced us to pick a name yeah because you were originally the joe zorzi project that's yeah right. yeah experience experiment really whatever you you wanted to call it <laughs> um, so so we're just take us back before, before even then so you know you guys started in new brunswick uh, were you Rutgers grads or were you guys, uh, or you guys go just live in the area and did you go to, you know, the basement shows and every, everything around New Brunswick? Yeah, we went to, we all went to Rutgers at the time. Um, yeah, that was, we, we, we kind of, I, I didn't go to as many basement shows as I ever wanted to like freshman, sophomore year. I think we started what we were juniors. Yeah. Junior or senior year we started. So I think, yeah. Freshman, sophomore year. I never really went to as many basement shows as I wanted to I always thought it was so cool that it happened and I went to like one or two but I wasn't really in the scene and then when we started the band is when I really started to like see all that that was happening like in the court tavern downtown and all the basements Mm -hmm. the houses and it was so cool and I was like so pumped to be a part of that at that time so on my end promote as the promoter of the show Joe's like I've got a band don't worry Joe was also so little backstory on Joe and pop break in 2000 this will make all of us feel well, Joe and I feel old. 2010, I think I was 28 or wow. 27 or 28. Yeah. I'm now 40. Um, and <laughs> I was speaking at one of uh, a Rutgers journalism class, and this guy with two diamond stud earrings walks up to me <laughs> afterwards and says, oh, yeah. Hey, man. I want to interview bands. I want to be a rock star. And I'm just like, he said it much more humbly than I did. <laughs> I don't know. Did he? Because no, he did. He was very He's a sincere guy. Well, at least he was to me. And Joe was one of the first writers on Pop Break. And um, years later, was an intern for me at my full-time job. And then was like, yeah, I've got a band. And I booked them on the Pop Break show at the Wonder Bar. And like two minutes before you go on, all of a sudden, I had to talk to the Wonder Bar staff because there was a lot of young people at the show. I'm like, we've carded everyone at this show, right? And they're like, yeah, 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 we did. And then you said, hey, thanks for giving us our first show ever. I'm like, what? And he's just, and you're like, oh, yeah, half the band has never played live before. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. I was the only one that had. Yeah. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Why didn't you tell me this? That was <laughs> awesome. Can you tell me, can you tell us about the uh, 15 minute cover of a song that you guys did? Yeah, we, we, um, <laughs> well, we, we said yes to the show or however that worked out and we did not have a full half hour. So like, I remember there was at least 
a full song that was like literally just made up on like my vocal lyrics were made fake like you know there's like <laughs> and then we were like well how are we gonna fill out the rest of the half hour so somehow we had some strange ideas in the beginning and it was like oh let's cover your love by the outfield but let's just like keep doing it <laughs> like let's not stop <laughs> and we just did like all these different parts i think i had like a like a two minute solo <laughs> of course there was a solo I, you know what it might still be on your dad's youtube page if anyone wants to go find it it wasn't my dad i, I think your dad posted it wasn't it. my dad there's no way my dad has a youtube page might have been, i'm pretty sure might dad have jesse's dad I don't know. It's somewhere. I, it's I really hope one of your dads has a YouTube page. I'd actually <laughs> hope it's Joe's dad. Like, <laughs> used to, every time I come to your show, he'd be like, oh, God damn it. Joe broke more guitar strings. Like, I had <laughs> five new ones. Yeah, we were bad with that in the beginning. We used to break no, uh, you were bad. <laughs> yeah. You broke one that show, right? The first show? I broke one almost every show. Yeah. Almost every show, yeah. So it started out, I mean, like, literally, you guys were making it up as you go. And, like, the sound has obviously you know, went through different stages over time and you guys are kind of always experimenting and things like that. Is that what you wanted to do from the beginning, Joe, or is this kind of just a, like, make it up as you go? Yeah. I mean, the way I remember from the start to now, like when we first, first were starting, um, me and Brendan were kind of both looking to start projects. And like, I had been in bands before I had, I kind of knew what I was looking for. And Brennan was like, just seemed very eager to kind of do something similar. So, um, I mean, I, I had, I, I've always loved, you know, like bands like, you know, Taking Back Sunday and we, we love the Dangerous Summer and um, kind of like the, the cooler end of, of the whole maybe mid 2000s um, era. Right. And we kind of just knew we had similar tastes and, but we always loved everything. I mean, I remember I used to have like a Justin Bieber at that exact time, a Justin Bieber album at that exact time. And I would play it, blast it all the time. And yeah, I, I, I know, I know. I used to try. Yeah, to you were one of the, many people thought it was very dumb that I had that. <laughs> it was interesting. But yeah. I, I think that um, we always wanted to evolve. I think from the beginning, we would never wanted to just be um, stagnant. Uh, I never really liked bands that did that. I, I would find, I would be very annoyed if a band ever like, reverted to their old sound if a new sound didn't go well like i was always very into the mature records on like and like blink 182 self-titled would have been it is my favorite blink record so like that's always kind of been in in the blood and we're at a point now where we kind of just go um nothing's really off the table as long as we like it you know yeah i i just to, to comment on the blink one i i i would have agreed with you forever until the pandemic when I really got into neighborhoods and like, really? I, mm. I love that album so much. And that actually just celebrated, I think 10 years and I got wow. the vinyl of it. And uh, I don't know why, but revisiting that album, talk about mature. That's I think their most mature work outside of like dogs eating dogs. Um, but yeah, we could, we could talk music all night. Um, Ironically, I, you shot Joe, you yeah. shot blink One Eighty Two. For the op for pop break at the opening of the Wellmont Theater, like yeah, a right. Long uh, time I, ago. I for forgot that it was like the opening of Wellmont, and it I was forgot that until very... now. Just now. <laughs> yeah, what did you say? I forgot that till just now. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, like it was a very 
big show for them too because I think that it was like a very I think it was a reunion run or I guess it would have had to be probably the neighborhoods run like right when they were kind of like hey look we're back and we are making music again so I, I was very excited I mean that was wild and it was yeah. a super small venue for them right yeah they were playing oh, yeah. smaller venues they're playing Starland and stuff too yeah because I think the second leg of that I saw that tour and they were playing in AC maybe not maybe not the convention center but like at a hotel yeah, like a bigger room. Yeah. And uh yeah, so that's I mean that's crazy. Oh yeah. Good uh, but what I was going to say going back to the music for a second and I know we're going to kind of go all over the place though is you know you described your initial sound as you know TBS and maybe that like late 2000 or actually like mid 2000s like emo pop punk kind of rock sound. How do you define it now? Like especially with the new EP, like where where do you who or what genre do you think you guys are fitting in now? Yeah, something. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I look at it as like now is a lot different. Um, I think that in the last 10 years, like we've heard so many more, I won't call them full on genres, but so many more mixes of, of different sounds more than, you know, it, it was a little more disjointed back in the day. Like, you would hear like, oh, look, Jay-Z and Linkin Park are doing a mashup. And it felt like, oh, a mashup. And you would get a lot more of that kind of stuff. And now we have just so many cool new genres and styles where everything mixes together. Like, um, so I don't I don't think of it as like I, we just call ourselves, you know, like an alternative or indie band. Really, we keep it as broad as possible because mm-hmm. um, at this point, yeah, there will be times where I'll, I'll listen to a burial record. And that's and that's where I get inspired for the drums, you know, and, and that's very far and away from what a traditional rock band might, might put on an album. But I don't think that bands not, I don't think bands exist in the same way anymore. I don't think artists exist in the same way. There's just too much available to us. Things have changed. Um, So yeah, we, we keep it as broad as possible. Just something like indie is usually the easiest. I don't think it's like really worth it for a band to try to get more specific than that. Like, Hmm. you know, like if you're, if an if an indie band if saying you're an indie band is you know kind of encapsulates anything at all about you then just go with it because people <laughs> like either check it out or not or find out more because it's just like if you're going to get more specific then you're leaving out other things that you might do or you know yeah we found ourselves for a while feeling like we would get stuck in pockets where we're like we don't feel like we share anything similar to this artist other than like we also play guitar and sing. And I think that was incredibly frustrating. So yeah, um, at this point we just make sure like we're always doing whatever we want. And in terms of labels, it's like, I, I don't really find myself getting upset at it anymore. It's, it's just something like that's just a small part of us. And it's nice that someone finds that in, in us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I hear I hear so many of your influences. I'm just going to take over the podcast because uh, <laughs> I, I don't get to talk to you guys. I wrote all the questions, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm not even I'm trying to come up with ones as, as I go too. but like I hear I obviously hear a lot of the bands that you love. And I'm talking to Joe specifically because we're friends on Twitter and I, I see the stuff that he posts and me and him share a lot of the similar interests. But instead of me just talking about it, he's literally, you know, getting inspired by it and making music you guys are making music based on it but you know f- fans of boney Vare, fans of the 1975 fans of you know taking back sunday it's just such like you guys kind of encapsulate a lot because you're just inspired by a lot of this music i'm here i'm hearing things you know 
specifically in Joe's voice in some songs on, on this new EP that he sounds like the, the lead singer of editors. I don't even know if you guys listen to editors, but you guys, you guys have an editor sound and you should go back and listen. You know what I mean? Like go listen to them if you haven't checked them out. But like, I just hear so much of what I love in music and of what I've loved throughout the years in your sound. I just want you guys to be super proud of that. Honestly. Uh, thank you. Wow. Yeah. That means a lot. Thank you. That, that's uh, always exciting to hear more than anything. Yeah. Brendan, uh, I mean, I've known you for a long time and often have made fun of you just for existing. And sure. of course, it's always in good, it's always in jest. But of course, when you first started in the band, you were a guitar player. But now, like, uh, especially on the latest EP with the um, Haley reprise, you've done a lot more vocals in this. Can you talk about how your role, how you feel like your role has changed in the band? <laughs> since, you know, we first saw you as just a a shy little boy playing his first show <laughs> now because I, and I, and I, and as much as I bust your balls, like your vocals on that song were, were fantastic. I loved it. Thank you. you. have a Great voice. So Thank you. talk about how you've grown in this band over, believe it or not, the last decade you guys have been doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Honestly. So thinking about it more recently, I mean, I, like you said, I was kind of, just kind of lead guitar back in the days, like some vocal parts here and there. But then more recently, I feel like, especially in the pandemic, I, you know, there was no more live stuff happening. There was no, I mean, a lot of aspects of the band kind of just got, you know, swept away. So it just was just us sitting in our rooms, like making music here and there. And then like being a lead guitar player didn't really mean anything because we're just sitting in our bedroom. So I just kind of started uh, like finding other ways to put you know to get into the songs and like with like you said like the reprise um with that one that was just joe showed me Haley at some point and i loved it so much and we worked on it and then i was kind of just like in my room all day just playing the chords and i just wrote a couple of my own verses for the song and then the song was already done i didn't want to change what joe did i was just so inspired that i like wrote my own verses and then that inspired me to think about like you know like repri just reprises on you know albums that i love like dark side of the moon or whatever where they would just bring something back and i was like that'd be so oh, cool okay. if we just brought it back with these verses and like yeah. you know mess with the drums and and so that like that was kind of i just found myself in that role all of a sudden in the ep in the world of you know this new project they were working on so i just kind of went with it and i think it felt um natural enough to where I didn't have to like, you know, explain myself or be like, oh, I'm not, you know, lead guitar anymore. I do this. And it just kind of happened. So just went with it. And also being someone who saw you from, you know, the beginning to now talk about like, and, and I, again, we're jumping around a little bit, but we're going to, you know, you guys have a show coming up in April at Bowery yeah. electric. I talk about the set now because like, you know, I remember songs like Holler at Your Boy and stuff like that, which yeah. you know, I enjoyed. It was great. Given the, <laughs> yeah, given, given just like how you guys have evolved sonically over the last 10 years, how does a set work for you? Do you guys want to bring, Do you, will you guys play the old stuff or is that just, just not jive with what you're doing right now? That's a great question. Um, it really depends. You know what? Still, <laughs> 20 years of the game, guys. I got to have a couple good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, I mean, this has always been a, a funny topic. As each album comes out, you know, every every artist will tell you they always want to play their new stuff. They're most excited about it. Um, 
we were very lucky very early on. You know, Frank Yarrow took us out and yeah. the fans that he let us, you know, play in front of became they they were incredibly, you know, um, what's the word? Accepting. They were incredibly accepting of our our style. And it was the first time we were like, oh, people are like asking for us to listen to play certain songs and, and stuff like that. So it was interesting. It gets to a point where you go, oh, well, um, you know, we, we for a little while, like I said, wanted to kind of um, continue playing our new stuff so that we wouldn't get like pigeonholed into certain things here or there. Um, we find ourselves at this point really depends on the show. I think it depends who we're playing with. Um, you know, as we try to break break into to newer scenes with newer audiences and things like that, um, you're probably going to hear a lot of our new stuff. And and maybe, um, you know, we'll, we'll always have a song or two from like the album. Um, you might get a Never Scared if you're, you know, at a hometown show, you know. Um, it depends. But, you know, as we continue to, to grow as a band, you know, um, it, it's always going to change. And right now, especially, I think, you know, we've been we've played in front of a lot of um, the same audiences who've heard the same stuff that we always did. So at this point, I think for us, we just want to play what feels the freshest. And we don't get enough complaints about mm-hmm. about not playing old stuff to where we would uh, start looking at it again. Yeah, because one of the you know, one of the things is you guys are a staple. And that's why I can never book you for a pop break holiday show is you guys are a staple at the Taking Back Sunday um, you know, holiday shows at Starland Ballroom. So have you found like, so that was interesting, like as your sound has evolved and it's again, like I'm a big fan of the sound, but normally not the biggest fan of this sound, but hearing you guys do it, there's something about it that whether it's because I like you guys or because, it, or it's just, I think it's the song, the, the craftsmanship of the songs that really draw me in. Like, are you finding it like when you play these TBS shows, like that, fans are as accepting as you now as of the older stuff because you have this or had i'm not sure what it is now this working relationship with taking back sunday like is it is it still like people are still vibing with your sound like or do you find that like you have is it a little nerve-wracking because you're like hey this is a lot different than what they're playing or what they're expecting from a concert like this i mean i i can't speak for both of us but i'll, I'll say this year i i felt the most comfortable up there that I felt in years. I mean, and our, the reception felt amazing. I'm not going to say that's all because of our new songs. I'm sure part of it is because people have not seen as many shows. So they were ready to get those t-shirts and, and cheer whenever they could. And, uh, but all I could say is, I mean, I, I came off that stage feeling really like feeling all the love possible. It, it felt awesome. And this was probably our, our, um, the most different we've ever sounded live at this point. You know, we have five people on stage now. We we really make sure that we're getting as much, yeah, sonically as we can out of what we, we put out there. Well, Brendan, how did, you, how, did you, how did you feel coming off that show? I mean, Joe, like, so Joe felt super confident and felt really good. How did you feel going in and coming and then coming off? Uh, I feel, I felt the same way coming off. I really did think that um, people that the response was really great. And I was happy about that. And I think going in, I think the way we prepare for something like this is, is we keep a lot of that stuff, like a lot of the differences between the old sound and the new sound. We, we, we try to keep in mind what is changing, why it's changing and what's, what's being left behind and what's new. So that like the energy wise, like a, a lot of like, what I always think about is like, 
what's the difference between like like I always think about like when people say like rock is dead and like whoa, you know that it's on the radio anymore people aren't interested anymore in that kind of thing and I always think about what I because I don't feel a void from that so I'm trying to think of like what what do I like about music that comes out today that I also you know because I like rock but I don't miss it you know because I hear that what I what I think I landed on is that and we've talked about this is that I think there's like what I love about rock and roll is like emotional intensity not necessarily volume but you know in like but like I really love the weight yeah like emotional weight and emotional intensity and like and you know and I and I can get that from like last time we talked about this I was talking about Lord's uh, melodrama I feel like that has Mm. emotional the emotional weight of a great rock record, even though maybe it doesn't sound like that. So, so long story short, what I, when we craft a set with these new songs, I think we try to like, we try to be like, all right, where's the head, where's the heaviness, not heavy rock and roll. Like where's the intensity and and what does it sound like? And you know what I mean? Like just trying to not leave those things behind just because there's like electronic drums versus a big crashing cymbal. Just to go back to um, Taking Back Sunday a little bit, I know we're going to bring them up a few times because you guys do um, play open for them for their for their holiday shows at uh, at Starland. Or um, I know they do two. I don't know if you do both. Do you do both, or is it just one or the other? Oh, we usually just, just do one night. Yeah, one night. Yeah, because we're always hanging out both nights, though. We're always of course, watching. of course. Well, I mean, you know, it'd be my, it's only two minutes from my house, guys. If you ever need to stop over, <laughs> well, I mean, the the reason I, I I bring that up, and you know. Um, I go to a ton of shows as, as a, as a music photographer and, you know, you always see bands, smaller bands open up for bigger artists or more well-known artists, but like you guys have actually built a relationship where you guys are on the bill, you know, every year. And, you know, you've, you've worked with members of the band, just like, how did that come about? I mean, like, how do you guys kind of, you know, I'm just like on top of that, how do you build that relationship with, you know, a band that you've looked up to and listened to when you were a kid? Well, we're, we're super lucky because, I mean, we got to a point where, like I said, when we first started, me and Brendan literally were in a classroom and like the bands that we would talk about daily were like Taking Back Sunday and The Dangerous Summer. And and we have now done so many things with both of those bands and we've become good friends with all of them. And, um, and that's like to know that that's even part of our story is just unbelievable. So um, I'll try to keep this part quick because I feel like a lot of people have heard versions of it. But basically, <laughs> listen, no one's heard it on this podcast. All That's right. Hey, hey. Um, I'm not going to recommend it, but we were basically at this point. I mean, this is I also know the story, too. So <laughs> <laughs> I know why you said I don't recommend it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to recommend this to people. But I mean, I recommend being a go getter. But I will say, don't tweet at every single band you love. Like, yo, what's up? You guys are sick. Like check out our song. I mean, you can, I think it's, it's very overdone now, but we kind of got lucky with one of those, you know, we were, we were sending, we were ruthless on Twitter. We were like always hitting people up and, um, you know, never scared, got into the right hands. And, um, we ended up getting our wonderful manager, Jillian, who's, who's still our manager. And, um, she happened to manage, you know, one of our favorite bands taking back Sunday. And that's how we initially like got to meet those guys. And, um, thankfully they i guess like us <laughs> as people and and um 
and we've we've become friends with them and we've we've been able to do much more with them through that it was a very natural progression and like it started out with this like oh my god i can't believe this stuff's happening and and it was such a natural awesome awesome thing that um we're still you know lucky and grateful that we get asked every year to play this um you know they've taken us on the road before as well and um yeah, yeah. I, I, look back, you know? I, I looked back on that. Is like you guys, and every time I die, and I'm just like, I can see yeah. young modern chemistry with every time uh, with Taking Bad Sunday. But every time I die, I was like, that was a wild tour. That was um 2017. Yeah, that was a wild. Of, every time I die, one of my favorite wrestlers, Andy Williams, is. Oh a, yeah, he's awesome. Guy. I heard he's a great guy, but super nice guy. I so I'm not going to try and pull the curtain back too much. But obviously, Joe, uh, you interviewed a lot of bands for Pop. Yes. And you and Brendan were fans of this, uh, of a lot of the bands you toured with. Can you talk about trying to move from the journalist side of things as well as the fan side of things? And now that you're kind of contemporaries with these people, you're working with them, even though you might be the opening band, you're still working with them. There's a relationship there. Like, how do you talk about that transition? Is that, and, and you guys were young, like you guys were in your early 20s. Like, yeah. you're still, ba- you know, according to this old gray beard, you're still babies. Uh, but like, how do, how is, how do you make that transition? Cause it's not easy. I don't think everyone can do that. Um, you know, the reason I got into journalism, like straight up, I was trying to figure out, like, what's my profession gonna be? But like, I was a musician. <laughs> all I wanted, yeah, all I wanted to do was play music. So I was like in college. I didn't have a band at the time, or if I did, it was you know teetering out. We were all at different schools, and I was like, well, how do I get as close to this thing as possible? And that's literally why I got into journalism. And I was like, you know, I like writing enough. Writing's cool. Like I kind of that's how it started. That's why I got into journalism was because it wasn't because I was like let me bring this interview to the world. Like I'd love to be that, that much of a journalist, but I wasn't, I was literally like, how, how the hell am I going to get like into music? Like, how am I going to meet all these people and become part of this? This is what I, this is the, the thing that I feel most connected to in my life. You know, I, I, th- growing up, there was nothing that I like stuck with, you know, like if I learned how to throw a baseball wrong, I threw it wrong forever. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't um, someone that really, stuck to anything except for music. So it was very important at that time. So I think in the beginning, you know, you jump up and you, and part of you wants to just kind of be like, Oh, cool. We made it. Let's, let's do whatever we want. But we were very good at, at making sure that we were like, once we get to play bigger shows, once we get to open for bands, we love, once we get to meet these people, we are going to be as mature and, and adult like as possible because we never want to get like kicked out of the room. Right. Like that's how I think it starts. And, and um, I think we were all very good at kind of just being like, let's just not, let's make sure we're not as annoying as could be because it's easy to do that. And let's just say hi and um, keep going as we go. Keep meeting people as we go. Keep seeing yeah. how it works. I, I think that transition has a lot to do with um and like like you're saying, like the relationships that we're able to build into professional relationships, I think it comes down to the personal relationship. And I think that really helps yeah. with like, you know, because it, it, you have to be friends, I think, first. I think that's a huge, I think people um, 
underestimate how important that is in musical professional relationships. Cause like, if you, if you're going to go on tour with someone for a while or be in this, you know, if you want to work on an album, be in the studio with them, even if you think their music is really cool, if you just don't get along as people, it's gonna, it's, you know, it's just probably not going to happen as much, but if you're, if you meet someone and like, like you said, like we were young 20 year olds, like, we tried, we really played it cool for a while before we like kind of showed our personalities and like, yeah. and then all of a sudden and it's like, then this, we, no yeah. one talked to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we fell off completely. Yeah. No, but then like people, you know, then you, once you kind of like come out of your shell and somebody knows you already, and then, you know, you can start building an actual friendship. And then from there, it's like, Hey, we should like do something. We should like, you know, go in the studio or work on a cover or whatever. Like, yeah, that's we, just, what I think. we just simply never took anything for granted or acted like we, Oh, like we deserved any like we never acted like you know we were the shit we just made sure that we were thankful and grateful to yeah. everybody there that, that's always been it so i also love that your, your approach to breaking into music was the same for like judd apatow he Is that what he did he loved comedy so much and in college he i think it was either high school or college he basically just started like cold calling or reaching out to his favorite comedians and saying can i interview you and he was basically learning from his heroes. Yeah. And then that's he's like, fine. all right, now I can start yeah, you know, trying it myself. But like, that's basically what you guys, you basically did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> now you could steal that for future interviews. You're like, oh, I did the Judd Apatow approach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do need some cool little yeah. interview clips. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, a, what was the most surreal before we get into the new record? I was going through like, like I was trying to find the date actually for that first show. And there's a couple things I saw that uh, I tagged you guys or shared like your interview and yeah. in, in spreading all press, uh, the cover of the Aquarian. Uh, and also thank you for dropping pop break and the uh, all press. I appreciate that. Uh, Heck yeah, man. <laughs> what was the most has been up till now? the most surreal or coolest thing that has happened to you guys, like in terms of being out on the road or performing or stuff like that, what is the most surreal thing to you guys that you're just, you sit there in this apartment in an undisclosed location in New Jersey where you're just like, you look back and you, you know, even if you call the band a day today on this podcast, which please don't. Um, you asked for some breaking yeah. news earlier. That's our announcement. <laughs> we're done. We're done, dude. We're done. We broke up. Uh, what is this thing you'll look back and be like, I, you know, you just kick yourself like, man, I have to kick myself because I can't believe this actually happened. What do you think? You both can have different answers, by the way. Sure. So. I think I have one. And you have to say it in unison. Okay. Okay, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> so I the time when we were, we were like Adam in Baltimore was, like, uh, <laughs> was pretty yeah. crazy that first show. <laughs> okay, so what was so, I actually his is my other one. So I think the first taking back on this show we played was it the with the Menzingers too, right? Mm -hmm. It was in that for the fact that you know, like like you said, we've played many shows with them and, and some awesome bands, but we went from like the biggest show we had played was a few hundred to like it was like 4,000 4, and it was outside. And it was like, I, I, I don't even like remember. I just remember like getting off stage. Like I had blacked out the whole, the whole half hour, but like, yeah. I do remember that view of those people. I remember before. Yeah. We were, Oh my God. It was the most, like I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it. It was like the most anxiety inducing yeah, feeling. It was, it was crazy. unreal. I think about that all the time, actually. Like when we were standing right 
inside the door. It was like this big like corridor where they take trucks in or something. Yeah, it was, was like it, we, yep. it felt like we were alone in a giant warehouse alone. And the other side of this wall was 4,000 people that we were going to play to for the first time. And where was this? It was in Baltimore. Power, the, power plant live. Oh, it's yeah, a beautiful spot. That. And and the cool thing, it felt very movie-esque and classic where it was like, we get off the stage and we would go back to that corridor and we're loading our stuff. And I remember the, the security guard goes up to me and he's like, He's like, yo, you guys aren't you guys aren't an unknown band anymore, man. Like everyone's <laughs> talking about you guys now. And like we looked on our Twitter and like so many comments about our set. Um, to be fair, I think 10 years ago, literally people just used Twitter differently. Yeah, Always would be people like, yo, this band's really cool. Like people yeah. would talk as they were at places. Yeah, they yeah. don't do that anymore. That's like sad. live tweeting. Yeah, yeah so, so we woke up to like now well, well I woke out of my days to the security guard telling us how everyone loves us and all these cr- it just felt it felt surreal. Yeah, I think that, that would be the most surreal. That is, that is my other one for sure. That moment yeah. right I, my specifically for me right before we went on stage we were all we huddled. It was we huddled. It was like quiet. It was it was a very crazy moment. That's definitely my one of mine. But I think my other one is when we recorded an EP down in North Carolina with with Adam Lazaro from Take Back Sunday. Yeah, with him and Mike Pepe. It was amazing. Yeah, that whole week was like, I mean, when you say the word surreal, like that's what comes to mind. It just felt very like we were working like 13 hour days and Adam was there. And like we hadn't really known him that well up to that point. And it was just just so we, I just felt like so lucky and it was felt so wild to be there with him doing that, working on music, like sharing opinions about like a guitar part. It's just so cool, you know. Yeah, there, it's one thing to open for one of your like childhood right. heroes, favorite favorite one of your favorite bands. It's another. It has to be a completely different experience to work with the guy, right? Yeah. Like, so I mean, just I, I'd love to, you know, as as Bill has vanished, I'd love to hear a little more about that experience before we get into the new, the new EP. Like, sure. what was just like going into this, like was it the experience that you thought you'd get or like, we'd love to, I would love to hear more about was, that. Yeah. I think it was like better than we could have ever asked for. Um, no matter who was involved. I mean, like to, to start off, you know, the, the concept came to be, and we were like, we were already planning on going to do a full length. So like we did a lot of, this is all like very strange timeline wise. We basically like did four to six New Jersey shows. We would do this uh, New Jersey world tour thing where we would do like, Within a month, we would play like four different venues all up and down New Jersey. And um, I remember like the last show of that was Wonder Bar. And we're like, hey, on stage, we're like we were being secretive. And we finally said, hey, tonight we're literally right after this show driving down, you know, to meet Adam and record an EP. And um, it was, was crazy excitement there. What's that? I think that was one of our shows. It's possible. It was us. I think it was uh, Toy Cars, Van Saders, and Goodbye Tiger. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, Bill, it, that was my show. I I booked that one, huh? Well, you did, you guys did play our five year anniversary show and one of my favorite oh, yeah. sets. I mean, but we. I would love to talk about the new. Well, Joe, Joe was in the middle oh, of talking about. Oh, I know he was talking. To, he was I was, talking I was about kissing the, my daughter uh, goodnight and refreshing no whiskey. So I apologize. That's very sweet. No, he's good. He was he was giving me the lowdown about you know uh, with them working with Adam. Yeah, I mean, so so there was this energy that kind of was coming off like it was like cool. We just put all these New Jersey shows. Everyone's at home is kind of like 
cheering us on to write this or record this amazing EP. And then, um, you know, I, Adam had been unbelievable through the whole process because we had talked about it. And then we would be in our re rehearsal space before we got there working out parts. And he'd be like, hey, I have this idea. Can you try to like actually get quieter here and then get louder? And yeah. we would send him a clip and he'd be like, cool. Like in real time, he was in North Carolina and we were doing like that. Like we were just for recording weeks. On, our, on our iPhone, right? Yeah. Recording, like playing it live, recording it on the phone, sending it to him. He would verbally like tell us something to do to try. And then we'd, you know, try it in real time, send it back. It's crazy way to do it. Yeah. Cause we didn't have many, we had like three and a half days or four days in the studio. So, um, and Mike Peppy did, did so much overtime work for him on that, yeah. for us on that record. You know, he, he was like the engineer there and he would, we would leave after those 13 hour days and he would still be working on it for hours longer. And just to make sure we got what we wanted. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah. like the process was amazing. It was very collaborative, even though we were far. And by the time we got there, there was just like, all right, let's, let's just get this done. And like, it was so exciting. There were so, so many cool, yeah. So exciting. Like vibes were so high. Like I think Mike Peppy, that's all credit to him for that. Like he, like he said, like like Joe said, he was working so much even harder than us, and he was always in the best mood. Yeah. And like getting coffee and like it was just so fun. The whole the whole oh, the coffee. Yeah, we had so much we coffee. So much coffee. It was during the <laughs> Super Bowl when the Jaguar or what was it? Oh yeah, who's the Oh, the Panthers. The Panthers. The Panthers were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So he missed Newton. the Super Bowl to record with us. Yeah. Well, yeah. he watched some of it, but it was they, they lost. So yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're all good. Anyway, we've been um, on a tangent, I feel like, on that one. Sorry, but um, no worries. Oh, no. It was amazing. Right after that, we recorded the full length with like Paul Levitt, like not very long after. It was yeah. very strangely close. We did all of this. I'm not sure why, or, or I don't remember. It was. Yeah, a while ago <laughs> but there was a lot of creative energy at that time and it was very exciting um yeah we we there was a lot going on and we were was, very lucky the whole time was that the record stay gold was on or is that cold uh, everything in gold yeah that was the, so so the ep was with adam and then we everything in gold was was that record that came out after yeah that record you guys yeah it's an awesome record um but it's you guys toured after that. I remember Joe talking to you. I was in my front lawn <laughs> interviewing you and you were like, this is really weird, Bill, that you're interviewing me, but like yes. talk about like touring and because touring has evolved from like, you know, from, you know, the late nineties, you know, for people of us who weren't, you know, just born in the nineties, Al, Joe, Brendan, um, <laughs> that touring was always like a, whatever thing. It was always about the record sale, but nowadays, obviously within the last 10 years, touring is the lifeblood of music like what's your thoughts on touring the country for our record or do you think there's different ways to be a successful band without having to grind it out in a van for 50 cities and playing little local dives i think i think that was very important to do for a while um i think that it's a huge part of like you know the indian diy scene is to like go hey i'm not going to wait for a major label to give me money like the classic good old days i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna play shows for kids who want to hear unique music and things like that um and i think it's really important in terms of like i mean it, the, it builds builds a lot of character and you learn a lot about yourself and your bandmates and it brings you very close together and um it's important it's great to meet people i will say right now um ever since covid it is it's very confusing to kind of tell 
yeah. what the, the best thing to do is. I don't necessarily think us us booking a a 30-day US tour DIY would really make any sense. Um, I don't think that there's that you can gain enough fans that way right now. I don't see that as like a an actual the the best option for bands, you know, because you know, you, you gotta factor in like your you know your mental health and like you're on the road for you you're not making enough money for for the whole band what is that four or five people maybe um to actually make okay money and for the you know gas and all that stuff you're you're making enough to possibly end up in the green but you're not you're not coming back in a spot where you're like more financially stable usually um and, and i can't speak for everyone i think there are other bands that probably a little bit bigger than where we're at that maybe it does make sense um but but right now like i can't imagine that being the best move to make fans it doesn't seem like fans are are reacting to that even in the same way like i'm not sure and is it more social media and the stuff like that that you think attracts more you guys do you think it just attracts more people like yeah i think you use social media to your advantage to yeah you know, get a hold of Adam Lazara. Like, you know, now it's like, is this the way just to get a hold of fans? Um, it is, and it, it always has been since we started. Um, and and it's becoming more and more a big part of it. You know, um, there, there's lots of conversations around it right now because, like, you know, not everybody wants to post four TikToks a day and in hopes that you go viral. Like, it I doesn't feel, like feel you, good. Joe. What's that? I feel like Brendan. No, you yes. I sh- I would like that. Yes, I feel like you would. <laughs> no, I feel like I want to call anymore. you Timmy TikTok for some reason. You know what I mean? Timmy TikTok. Me? No, 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 not no. I'm Brendan. I feel like you you could not you could not give a shit about TikTok like me. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care about it. I try to care, but it's hard. Yeah, it, it's tough. A lot of people will either you know embrace it, and then a lot of people will villainize it. I think there's a lot of us have to be kind of in the middle and go like. Uh, we're going to make some TikToks that at least don't feel like we're selling our soul, you know, in the same way that you post on Instagram that you have a show, you could figure out a way to do that on, on TikTok and stuff. Like, I think people get a little too angry at, at at that sometimes. Um, I don't know where, where the artist lies right now. Music, music artists, musical artists. It's a very interesting thing. There are, there just continue to be more and more, um, which I think is amazing. I think, I think everybody should be creative. Um, but in terms of being like getting bigger and bigger, I'm not sure if there's what the answer is to that right now. I'm I'm sure um, we could probably like phone a friend to to find like a band that's doing better and, and ask them what what the answer is, you know. Um, but you know, we just try to we just try to make sure that our music's being heard everywhere. Um, in terms of like live shows, we're gonna play what we can when we can if it makes sense and. Um, we are so excited to finally be playing again. And, um, but I don't think necessarily that it's, it's the same as it used to be like go out for six weeks um, in, in the van and, and come back. You know, I don't think that's going to get you enough fans to where it makes any sense. Well, so let's talk about, let's talk about the new EP. Um, you know, specifically, I want to talk about my favorite song on the album. Which right. is I wonder, all the things I do to get to you. Oh, that's my favorite too. That's man. yours too. That's my favorite, man. Like I'm like, how's this shit on that on Sirius XM right now? <laughs> yeah, like like I said earlier. Oh, we're like, <laughs> like I said earlier, this is like right up my alley. Like this is the, all 
Thank the you. stuff that I'm either that, listening it, to or it's not up my alley to. at all. No, and that's it's surprising. Like it's not that it's surprising. You've been you're the one who put me on to modern chemistry yeah, years ago like, with that album, I believe. With yeah, the like, album we talked about earlier, you're, yeah, you're the full I, length. Yeah, I'm just like jam bands and heavy metal, but I that song sure. I'm like this is my fucking jam for the <laughs> That's cool here. But yeah, like just let's let's just talk like new EP like yeah. what headspace were you guys in going into this? What were like these are the things I want to do or did it was it more organic than that? I, before we get into that, I just want people to know if you're going to if you're you're listening to this interview, you've never you don't know what this new EP is called. It's um Tomorrow we wake up from the longest collective dream of our lives, which holy shit, I feel like <laughs> describes the last three years or three seasons of COVID and pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, yeah. and so again, it's, on, it's all on your major platform. So again, if you're a fan of the 1975, I feel like that's a, a straight up like, hey, let's do a super <laughs> long ass title. Um, but but again, I mean, you know who introduced me to the 1975? Was it Joe, me or Joe Zorzi. <laughs> Sorry, Al. I'll take one that. or the other. No, <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Yeah, they, yeah. Talk, talk about the record. Or talk yeah, about we we um <laughs> we had a full length ready to go already before we started this EP. Um, when I say ready to go, I mean like already recorded and everything before the pandemic. Um, right around, right before the pandemic was a thing, I had um, pretty much put together the bones of Haley, and I think we were both really excited about it. And then the pandemic kind of started. And obviously, I mean, we don't have to get too into it, but no one really knew what the longevity of this was or what the deal was. And at first it was like, hey, if this goes for a little bit, maybe we could just finish recording this at home and get it mixed and mastered somewhere else. And then as things kind of evolved uh, in the world and in the country, um, we realized like, hey, we might be in this for a while. What if we just tried to do a bunch of stuff on our own here at home in our rooms and um, just tried to show people while we're here, like what, what we can do and, and have no limits attached um, specifically. So Haley was kind of like the, the backbone to start. Uh, and then Brendan, I think you had all the things already. Like the, you had the concept pretty early on in that period. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about how, how it began. I remember you explaining to me yeah. your idea for what it's going to be. And then we kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think that I mean to answer your question. I think the headspace of that EP it was in general just low pressure because, like Joe was saying, like we just didn't know if bands were going to even exist anymore. So we kind of like had all these, and like we said before, we always wanted to be evolving and changing our sound. And so we had all these song, these sounds, and ideas that were kind of very different from anything we'd done before. And we kind of went with this vibe of like, let's just try to build these songs that are, sound crazy. Like let's, yeah. and then like, it slowly was like, well, what if we put them out? And then it was like, well, we could just put out an EP. And then now it feels like so us. Cause you know, we've been, we worked on it for so long and we put it out. And so it was cool to have um, all these songs that sound enough, like sound nothing like anything we've done before are now us, you know? And it's just because of the, the pandemic just gave us this kind of freedom to be like, well, what, what, it almost doesn't matter. So let's just work on this weird stuff, you know, whatever we want to do. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure that we are doing, I think it was very important to both of us that we kind of put it out there as a statement that, Hey, we are going to push every boundary possible. If we want to, here's an, here's a bunch of different examples of it. 
Um, but I do think Brennan's right that like the idea of like, we don't really know when bands are going to be able to do anything again. Um, so let's just make sure we're making exactly what we want, how we want. Um, obviously we used our restrictions to our advantage, right? Like we knew that we weren't going to have a real drummer available to us. So we knew that we probably weren't going to be making, you know, the next never scared in that room. Um, we, we, it was very exciting though, because it was almost like, um, at first, I think it felt a little more like, let's kind of push the boundaries and this could be our like pandemic EP. And I think as it, as it progressed, it was like, no, this is really just more than that. This is a full, like, this is a big, important part of our discography um, as we continue. Yeah. So where did, because I'm going to compliment you after this, but where was this produced and who produced it? Was this all self-done? Was also self-made? Yeah, uh, I, this was the first thing where like I, I pretty much produced everything. I mean, we always were were pretty um, in on the production end of like yeah. uh, we had a, we we work with Eric Romero a lot. He's an incredible producer. Um, he's got a ton of different credits, but um, Eric is a really important producer to us. We always were always we always were always <laughs> we always were always were always <laughs> uh, involved in like the production um, pre pro and stuff like we've always been really good at knowing like what we really want. And so we've always been like, we're stubborn a little bit. So I think this was like a natural progression. Like I've always wanted to just kind of produce on our own. Um, again, I still think producers are important and I think we will continue to use um, producers, especially people like Eric Romero, because having anyone kind of come in um that has a mind like that, um, it really opens up so many doors and, and it's really refreshing. The reason uh, I asked was because yeah. I felt like this was your most, and I, I this word can be uh, demonized when I say it, this was your slickest, most professional, I think most mature sounding EP of all of the, the records you have done. And I've listened to all of them, obviously. Um, so the fact that this was like an in-home type thing, I think yeah. and it was just recorded in home or in a studio. Oh, no, right. Right. In our rooms. Yeah. Most of it was done yeah. in my room. We used to live together. Um, no 20 more. minutes down the road. No more. But look at us here hanging yeah, out together in again. one room. No one can see this, but we're, <laughs> we're uh, embracing. We're hugging. <laughs> but yeah, because I, no I, I felt like this was the most mature album or sorry, EP, oh, recording that you guys have done. And it sounded wildly like done in a major studio, you know, and like, it was great. So that's why I was curious because I'm just like, God, like this, the, the amount of layers and the amount of like really yeah. solid production work here was, is tremendous. Um, Thank you. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the extremely long 1975 inspired esque uh, title here? Was this basically like, hey, this, like, I know you were talking about this is our pandemic EP. That title just screams like, this is our pandemic EP. Like, we're talking about <laughs> the overall theme of this, like, uh, the, uh, yeah. you know, the theme and the narrative theme of this EP for everyone to really grasp on. Yeah. Right before we say that, I do want to also say part of it. Thank you so much for what you said about I production and the slickness. You know, we were able to feel the most ourselves you know, cause we're in our own space, but Adam from Timber Studios did an amazing job mixing and mastering most of that. And um, I think that's a huge reason why it is able to sound so good, even coming from, you know, 
my $200 microphone or whatever, you know? Um, so I just wanted to put those props out there as well. Um, the name. Yeah. I, I was in a really dark spot for the most of the last uh, few years. And, and that was, a, I think the name came very early, right? Like I, I don't think the album was done or we knew what songs were fully on it yet. Yeah, That was probably written down. Yeah. Bef- I remember like texting it to you or songs, something yeah. while I was on the couch yeah. and yeah, I just, you know, I'm the kind of person where I'm always writing like little one-liners in my notepad. I just, you know, I'm so smart and clever. Let me write this down, you know, <laughs> like that kind of vibe all day. And that was one where I was like, this is, you know, everything feels like a, a nightmare or a dream. And and um, like, what what an interesting idea to think about the collective conscience. And and I yeah, the wordiness I loved, you know, 1975, but also those like, you know, older emo songs and stuff like very, it just, I just love that. It's very dreamlike, but also very descriptive. And um, hopefully someone sees it and goes, why is that title so long? And then that makes us think about us for a second longer than they wanted to, you know? So Al and I both, our favorite songs, our favorite song off the EP is all the things I do to get to you. Uh, Talk about that song in particular, the, the narrative, like how that song came about, you know, thematically as well as sonically yeah i so that one was what i like about that one i always always say this about me and joe is i love my favorite songs of ours are the ones that we like really from beginning to end work together on and like we're are piecing it together and that was definitely one of those um i think it started with i don't know exactly what it started with it might have been the synth arpeggiator that goes throughout the whole song or maybe I had the chorus or something. I had you had the guitars in the chorus for sure happening pretty early. Yeah, I, I had that, and then um, I was I was taking a lot of bike rides. I remember during the pandemic, which was amazing and helped me a lot. Yeah, it, I remember. would. Yeah, and I remember um, riding my bike and like out, I was like out of breath on my bike, and I would sing like the chorus into my phone and then send it to Joe and. <laughs> And so he was like, what was that chorus again? And I sang it while I was on the bike. And I, and also during that time, like Joe would let me just kind of mess. If I like had an idea, I wanted to work through it on my own. He would just let me in his, because his studio was in his bedroom. So he would just kind of like go somewhere else. And I would, you know, program some drums. And then I would put a guitar and a, an arpeggiator. And then that's kind of how that happened. And I, and I had a little bit of the bare bones of the song. And then I had the chorus which says um, everything I do is, is to get to you. And I thought it would be cool lyrically if um, the first verse was like everything I do to get to you, meaning like I, I'm doing all these things just to get close to you because I like you, like the beginning of like a relationship. And then the, the second verse, I thought it'd be cool if it was like the end of, the, of a relationship where it's like the they're both frustrated and you kind of like pushing each other's buttons. So like everything I do to get to you, like, kind of in that way like pushing buttons yeah and, I, cool. and and we were kind of you know we would trade lines back and forth and kind of build it that way and um yeah, yeah it was cool to write to a prompt almost like that it was very uh, i just love the the storytelling of that um and then the, the name i think is i mean the name to me is a little bit of an ode to like um U2, uh, whatever the airport album was, that era of U2, it just felt to me like something like all things behind, behind. Like, behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was kind of an ode to that, like where it's like all the things I do to get to you, everything capitalized. Like, I don't know, I just I just felt very classic U2 to me there. 
that's not classic YouTube. Mid yeah, mid career YouTube. That's our. Favorite. So if you guys are gonna be you two, who's Bono and who's the Edge? That's all I. Want. I think that's pretty laid out. I think it is. Too, <laughs> I just wanted to hear Brendan say, "Obviously, I'm Bono." Uh, <laughs> I put my sunglasses on. Yeah, for real. I think put the cowboy hat on. First class somewhere. Um, one thing I wanted to know: you guys mentioned before the creation of the ZP that you know you had a full length envisioned. Um, does this EP dictate? I and, and I, I know you just said like you're always constantly evolving the sound, but does this dic- EP kind of dictate what you guys want to do for a full length in the near future? Is there a full length being uh, like in the works right now as we speak? So the full length is recorded; it's being mixed right now. It's still the same full length from before the pandemic. We yeah. just we did a few things to kind of update it a little bit. Nothing too crazy. Um, but yeah, we, we still are putting it out and it's got a little bit more of that. You know, we, we, we did have a live drummer in there and a little bit more of a, of a full band sound. I mean, there's still lots of crazy sounds and synthesizers and pedals going on. Um, but yeah, we, it, it is going to be, um, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it came directly after this record. It just feels like its own unit on its own. Um, and no, I don't think either that album that's going to be coming out or the CP will really dictate the next. I think, um, I think it's gonna be elements of getting inspired by new stuff. So I I don't think, I mean, at, at the core, it's always about the catchy hooks and that's all that we care about. So as long as it stays like catchy and kind of weird, we're, we're, that's, that's what you can expect. Can you give us an estimated release date for this, for this full length? Hit him with it. Um, March 37th. <laughs> no, no, no. May 37th. May 37th. So we're looking at a June release. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you think sometime in 2022, this record will happen? 100%. It has to, has to be. Breaking news right there. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news with absolutely no detail. The only thing we wanted. <laughs> That's all just I needed. That. That's all. Sweet, sweet news. Uh, yeah, we'll retweet that, Joe. Don't worry. Um, it's uh, so I guess my final question, I'll, I'll let you finish it off, is now that things are opening up, like you said, you have a show coming up. Uh, well, we said there's a show coming up with Bowery, uh, Bowery Electric. I was saying that after three whiskeys um, in April. And I know you're like, hey, we're not going to do this huge tour and stuff like that. Are there going to be, are you guys going to, hit out on live events or is that still something you guys are like not you know not from a fan perspective just but from mental health and like a health perspective of like all right shows will come when they come yeah I, I think that's how we've been playing it i mean you know we played the starland show and then we we <laughs> this is actually this april show that's coming up april 15th at bowery electric was um originally slated for january things were not looking good we said you know what we're gonna cancel this or postpone it Thankfully, we got to postpone it with still had a Monty Graham on there, still have Holden on there. Um, some sons also playing. So we're able to kind of have the same package there. I think going forward, we're going to kind of continue the same way. If things are looking a lot better, we're going to we're going to try and play. I think it is an important and healthy release for, for us and for fans. Um, but what if it's bad, it's bad and we won't play, you know. So it really just depends on the state of things. You know, uh, April's looking good. We're excited to do that. And we, we do hope to definitely be playing more um, in more states and New Jersey, you know, our favorite <laughs> Never state. Never heard of it. 
New Jersey. Speaking of New Jersey and and fan of uh, uh, friends of the uh, the site, Holden is another yes. uh, New Jersey yeah, artist. And you're like Holden's friend. <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to I used to work with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish um, yeah, she's like, great. She's great. I'm glad you guys are you know awesome. working I'm together working with her right now as well. I've been uh, yeah. helping helping produce some stuff with her, write some stuff, and Amani as well. Um, the the bill stack. Every every artist on that bill has really something unique and cool to bring to the table, and and I can also promise, like moving forward, that that's important to us as well. That like we're playing shows again. Like I sure hope we can play with with artists that really inspire us and stuff, and and that's part of the goal as well. Awesome. Well, we were so excited that we got to finally do this. Almost a hundred episodes in, I think. I think Bill yeah. mentioned. Oh yeah, we got to get modern chemistry on probably when we came up with the idea for the podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you guys are basically is this the penultimate bill? Are they on the penultimate episode? Yeah, before I mean 99 yeah. is before 100, so yeah. That's <laughs> true, right? So yeah, this- yeah, sorry, penultimate is uh, all right, so if you got if you're a fan of like, you know, uh must-see TV like Game of Thrones and stuff, it's uh-huh. the episode before the finale. They call it the penultimate oh, episode. Is 100 the finale? No, no but it's like, We're or, you know, a, it could be a season finale. It doesn't have to miss. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. We are, it's usually the episode that would actually be our two official two year anniversary. So, I we wanted to get you guys on. White, like you guys were on, like episode, like we're we're planning this. It's like, hey, we should get them on. I'm glad, you know, almost a hundred episodes into this, we <laughs> did get you on because you know, me and planning is awesome. I think this um, is the longest running pop break thing ever, too, which is crazy to think about, awesome. right? Outside of the site itself. Can can you make sure um, outside of the site it, itself? Yeah, this isn't a slide or anything, but can you make sure by next time maybe you guys have like a laugh track, uh, audience stuff? Just again, more... we, it's all getting put put in post. Okay. I'll do say it's all getting put in post. Our editor is saying they're saying that like no, fucking <laughs> <No. laughs> doing that. Well, He's like, I, I got junior hockey to take care of. Um, but guys, thank you so much for for coming on. Um, what we want to do right now is we want to wrap up. So please plug all your social media. Tell us about you know upcoming dates. Break some more news. Where people could find you on the internet to listen to your music and uh, all that great stuff. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we are modern. We are at Modern Chemistry for Twitter, for Facebook, and for Instagram. That easy. Just type in modern chemistry into your search, you'll find us. Um, we have April 15th, Bowery Electric, New York City. It's going to be awesome. Um, we are going to be probably playing in New Jersey in around May. So I would just say, you know, pay attention a little bit if you want to. If, if you don't want to go, then you don't need to pay attention. Joe will uh, tell me where the show is off air. So I know. To go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing definite, but maybe we can return to our roots, you know, like where the first show was, stuff like that. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, if we, you're we paying attention to the podcast. Other than our, our album that just came out, um, it's really, it is really important to us. It, it ended up being, a, a, like I said, a big, a big part of, I think, our history as a band so far from, from then to now. Um, I, I'm, I'm just really proud of it, I guess, is what, I'm, what I want to say. And you're going to hear a lot more of us soon. Um, like we said, we will be putting out a full-length album uh, a few months down the line as well. So uh, we're doing some other art projects as well. If you hit us up on the socials, we'll be your friend. Yeah. And Thank so you for having us, guys. This was uh, and, you, and we can find your music. Just, just some of the platforms we can find music. Obviously, Spotify. 
uh, where else can they just where people can find modern chemistry, the music to listen to, you know, band camp yeah. music and anything like that. Apple music title, um, pretty much anything. I will say we are always really slow at updating Bandcamp, and that's on us, but, uh, otherwise pretty much anywhere you can imagine music being found YouTube. I love YouTube. Brandon loves YouTube. Uh, we're always on the tube. Um, <laughs> big fans of the tube. Big fans of the tube. Pretty much anywhere, anywhere where you, you, you hear a noise, there's a good chance that you're going to hear us as well somewhere. And that's not the train in London, like literally YouTube. Yeah. Oh, right, wow. exactly. there's, a, there's a reference for you. <laughs> um, Alfred, I mean, you, you know, uh, send, send us home with your references and uh, signatures. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I replaced the lens, so hopefully you will see some more photos uh, soon. I'm covering the Light of Day uh, Festival, Foundation, yeah, however you want to call it, uh, like the main show of uh, the light of day for uh, NJ.com and the star ledger. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other ones I can actually discuss. Nothing uh, for me. I should, I should have a pop break show, hopefully to announce soon. We'll see as my dog freaks out behind me, but yeah, that's it. That's enough for me. Well, of course, uh, Listen, if you ever want to go back into the archives and check out either Brendan or Joe's writings, and I'm sure they'll be like, Bill, don't promote this. Uh, we're terrible. No, they were both great. I loved having both of them as contributors to the popbreak.com. Of course, I loved having Joe as one of our original uh, our dirty dozen of writers. As Al's dog yeah. is literally sprinting back and forth. <laughs> like, goddamn tank that he is uh but you know check him out on pop break joe did a lot of great interviews for us in the past so they're really cool to check out and um i cannot begin to tell these guys because they won't believe it because they're humble how proud i am of both of them uh for how far they've come from um almost making me shit my pants from saying we've never played a show before and half the band hasn't played live uh, six months, less than six months later, come back as an infinitely more polished band and then playing our five year anniversary show where I sang your oh, yes, the outfield on stage with them, which was a great moment for me. Um, and just seeing every moment of their careers just keep going and just getting more awesome. Uh, I love both you guys, and I, I truly am so stoked for your success and your future success because you guys are truly great. And thank you for gracing us on this podcast. Of course, if you thank must you. follow me on Twitter for some goddamn reason, I am at Bodkin writes um, this drops Friday today. I will have my review of our flag means death, the new Taika Waititi series on HBO max, which is friggin' incredible. Um, also we have South by Southwest coverage from the film and television uh, parts of that festival coming up this weekend from Sean Cordy, check out all the stuff we have coming out, including that new Nicholas Cage movie where he plays himself. Uh, very excited to, to read the review on that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the pop break on Instagram at the pop break. Our Facebook got hacked by someone in the Pacific Rim and they play like, like Mahjong and weird computer games. So I'm sorry guys, we can't really. <laughs> Even though Joe and I, I think, started that page like friggin' totally. Oh, we did, yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, well, thank you so much, guys. And, uh, you know, and everything, I, of course, all our podcasts find on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor Podcast. That includes the Breakcast, TV Break, um, and the Winner Still Is, and the Way Too Early Oscar Podcast. We're going to have all that stuff coming up real soon. So, for the beautiful boys in Modern Chemistry, for Al Manorino Wrangler 
of Zooming Dogs. I am Bill Bodkin. Thank you for joining us. And next week, episode 100. And remember, tomorrow, remember, tomorrow, we wake up from the longest collected dream of our lives. Boom.